Welcome to the Pilates Business Podcast, where you will find out about how you can benefit from the creation of Pilates business development and marketing assets. Now, here's your host and Pilates business founder, David Gunther. Welcome Pilates business owners, Pilates instructors and friends. Today, it is my great pleasure to welcome Daniel Edwards. Daniel is a printer, but Daniel is a printer with a difference. Daniel writes books about printing and how to use printing to benefit your business in the digital age. So Daniel's going to talk a little bit about the book and how we can help ourselves with printing. Welcome, Daniel. Thanks, David, for the introduction and thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to you about printing and how you can use that in business and particularly in uh, Pilates businesses. And let's get straight into it. You've helped our business with some ideas in the past and things that we've put together and given us some advice there, some great strategies, because print is certainly anything but dead as a medium to get your message out. It's certainly very powerful and effective. Would you like to speak to that? Yeah. I mean, print's been around for a really long time and it's been challenged a lot of times. The death of print has been reported a lot of times back to billboards, posters, then radio, then TV. So many times it's been challenged and the current challenge now is obviously digital marketing and the marketing industry has really swallowed the Kool-Aid of digital marketing over the past couple of years and I think that kind of honeymoon period's over and they're starting to see like a lot of businesses that I've spoken to and myself included in my own business where I've poured money into Facebook or into Google and just not seen the return on it. Thought leaders in marketing are now talking about just getting rid of digital marketing as a term and just going back to marketing. So that includes print marketing as an effective tool that can be used. And it's still as relevant today as it was before emails or before Facebook. It's got a property or a value that no other communication tool has. And that's the physicality or the tactile sensations of print. And it comes into our world in a different way. It doesn't force itself upon us like something with an audio feature and it doesn't demand our attention like something with a video aspect does. It's there when we want it to be there. And sometimes that softer touch allows for a greater amount of engagement. And you see that with something like a book. Anyone who reads can sit and read a book for hours for a day. And anyone who loves books has done that. I've read, there's a handful of books in my life that I've read in one day. I remember reading The Exorcist actually was the first one. And I started reading it in the morning. I stayed up till about 4 a.m. the next day because the story just grabbed me and I couldn't go to sleep while that poor little girl was in that horrible situation. But I don't think you can do that as easily with any other medium. Where the value is in that for a marketer is it allows for a longer conversation. Look, totally agreed. And one of the things that we talk a lot about on the Pilates Business Podcast is differentiation. And I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said that a lot of people pouring money into Facebook and Google and into these other digital avenues, which is a reasonable thing to do if you're getting responses from there. However, if you can differentiate yourself further and support that digital effort or the digital effort can support the printed effort, 
that differentiation with something tactile can really make all the difference. You've come up with some wonderful examples for us of different types of printing and ways of doing things. Let's talk about some of those. Can you give us some examples of things that might be of interest to our Pilates business owners? Yeah. So one of the things that we've talked about and one of the big opportunities I think now in print is QR codes, courtesy of COVID. Everyone knows what a QR code is. Everyone knows how to use them. We're all very familiar with them. And it's amazing. Like when I started writing my book just before COVID, I had a whole section introducing QR codes and talking about them and trying to get across the idea and the value of them. And then I actually got rid of that whole section of the book. Like when I got to this final stage where I'm at now, because everyone knows what it is. So there's this opportunity now to use print as a real springboard to send people into your digital environment. And I think with Pilates specifically, the idea that we discussed was the way I imagine it is when you go to Bunnings and you go into the paint section and there's that big wall of paint chips or pallets and you pick the one that you want, you take it home and you test it. I thought you might be able to do something like that with Pilates with cards that link to a specific exercise. So if you have a a patient or a is that the term you use, patient? We call them clients more often than not, yes. Yeah, so if you have a client and they need to work on their specific exercise, you can send them home with a business card ties thing with a QR code and maybe something visually saying what it is so you can tell. They can take that home and they can do work at home and link to a video that you've posted about whatever that exercise is so when they go home, they can work on it. You're expanding the value that you're offering and at the same time, you're giving them an opportunity to share what you've created because maybe they'll have a friend. So I've been trying to do a plank, but I'm really struggling. And they'll go, I'll take this card that I got from you know, the place down the road. There's a real opportunity there, I think, to add greater value. Yeah. yeah, I think that's brilliant because it fits right within existing strategies for Pilates business and Pilates studios, where one of the challenges that we have is we like to call it at Pilates can building an excellent Pilates exercise habit. So it's about the client coming along regularly into the studio, sure, and getting that professional one-to-one or semi-private three or four, two, three or four people in a session, personalized programs and that sort of thing in the studio environment. But as you've said, to then take that and practice that at home to do their homework, as we would call it for sure, something that's tactile that they can have, they can put in their purse or in their wallet, as you say, could be as small as a uh, business card. It's not only great for that purpose, but then it is that marketing piece for you as well, because now it's in their purse. It's something physical that when they're having coffee, they can show it to their friend or their family member. We have many of our clients that have referred family members. And so that would help facilitate that. But on its main purpose of actually getting someone to do the homework and participate in making sure that they're building that excellent Pilates exercise habit, it's got to be pivotal in that. And every business will, of course, be different. They'll have their own colours, their own branding, their own style in terms of their avatar and what it links back into on their website, whether it be, as you said, a video or a series of still pictures of exercises with explanations of what to do to remind them of what they have been doing in the studio. Any other thoughts on that or shall we move on to another idea? I would throw one other thing in 
a case study, and this was done on the Salvation Army in the UK. This new agency took over and they did a lot of research into where they were spending their money and what was actually causing the increase in donations that they were after. And what was really interesting about that was that all of the money came in through the internet, pretty much all of it. It was the overwhelming majority of it came in through the internet. And this was across every demographic. So grandmothers through to teenagers, everyone gave money through the internet. But when they looked at where that activity began, it began with print. And so the reason I mentioned that is if you're creating this card that's sending someone onto a particular URL, there's potentially an opportunity there for changing the content on that URL. Like maybe you could put a banner up to try and promote springtime special or something to get someone who's maybe just using the card to come back in and re-engage as a paying customer. So that's another opportunity that linking them back into your digital space. We know that on average, brand new prospective candidates for coming into the studio, they need to see your message on average about seven times. And so that print medium could be anywhere along that continuum. It could be the initiator or it could be part way along. They may have already seen your brand on the side of your car or the front of your studio or in some sort of other advertising that you've done. And then they get that and then they get the connection, they get the printed medium, they get the card or someone gives them a card and they then go to your website. And so that familiarity gives you the opportunity to reintroduce your business to them as a concept. And of course, with Pilates, what we've found over the years is that prospective clients jump into Pilates when they're ready. They might do some research and think about it. They might not be in much pain when they're doing that or things might get a little bit better. And then they reach that pain point again. And if you're business is uh, front of mind because you've kept in touch in some way. If you have a flyer with a magnetic backing on their fridge and that's what they're looking at while they're thinking about their bad back, then guess what? You're going to be the lucky ones that are going to get the call. And of course, you're making your own luck and doing the work to make that happen. I think that's a terrific idea. And I know you've got heaps of ideas and we're only going to touch on a couple of them today and ways of tweaking what you're doing with your existing and the QR code is a terrific idea just because of that. That's sensational, isn't it? One of the outcomes of COVID becomes an advantage for our marketing if we work out how to use that properly and get the benefit for us and for the client. Because marketing is really just about making it easy for our prospective client to find us and to know what we do. So if it can facilitate that, then that's terrific. Now, the other thing I know that we were talking about briefly and we were going to see what we could come up with in this episode was coffee cards and referral cards. So we called them coffee cards, but then we thought, oh, they could be lingerie cards. Well, they could be (laughs) (laughs) the reason I say that because where we're located in Monica, we have a business that's about to move in and they're a lingerie business and they're coming in place of another business that had been there for 20 years, which was a jewellery shop and they moved out a little while ago. So this new business is very welcome because we've got a very similar clientele and they have an established clientele from another suburb. They have hundreds, if not thousands of clients that are in the same 
target demographic as ours, the same avatar. And of course, they can help us and we can help them. Now, how can we do that? We talked about coffee cards where you might have a card. Again, it could be just the size of a business card, have your branding on there and give you the ability to stamp their attendance. Not so much to say you've used that session, but to say, well done, you're on the road to an excellent Pilates exercise habit. And we'd like to see you get this reward when you get to 100 points, 10 points a stamp. You can have perhaps $30 off at the new lingerie shop. So they get a mention, they're happy, they get a new loyal client of ours, and we're creating an association. So that partnership, which we know is important, if small businesses can help each other, and it doesn't have to be a lingerie shop, it could be the coffee shop, and it could be $30, $20, $10 off a meal or something of that nature. Have you got any other thoughts there while we're riffing on that? Yeah. So the kind of classic business story that I've heard about that was a florist and a jewellery shop that were next door to each other. So the florist was supplied by the jeweller at a big fishbowl full of cubic zirconia, which is the fake diamonds, and apparently one of them in there was a real diamond. So they ran this promotion at the florist where if you spent over a certain amount, you could pluck out one of the stones and then they'd say, look, go next door. And find out if it's a real one. So they'd spend, say, 100 bucks at the florist. They'd get their little stone and then they'd go next door and they'd put it under the microscope and discover if it's a real one or not. So it's just a great example of how two dissimilar businesses that only have their geographic proximity in common were able to work together to create a joint venture really out of nothing. And, yeah, we started talking about this when I mentioned Coffee cards, like the, the classic, go to the coffee shop and every time you buy a coffee, they stamp it. And when you get to a certain amount of coffees, you get a free one, which is a kind of classic thing. I mean, you see it a lot, these loyalty programs. But I think when you go to these shops where it becomes less tactile and you don't know how many stamps you've got. So there was this study done probably 15 years ago now, and they talked about perceived value was the way that they framed it. If you consider, if you imagine you got a coffee card from your local coffee shop and you've got one stamp on it compared to one that's got two, three on it, like the value of it. Because if, if you're anything like me, you probably end up with three or four with one stamp on it because you always forget to carry it like I always did. But they actually found there's a few things that you could do with the way that you manage these. That When you added them all up, it almost doubled the return that you would get. And it's all about client retention and getting someone to come back and getting someone to engage, to come to your business to make the next purchase rather than the next one or yeah basically increase the frequency because we all know that's one of the ways that you increase turnover is to increase the frequency of purchases so it was really interesting it was in a car wash that they did it they did an ab test like a split test and one group they just did as normal come in get a stamp get your card off you go but the other group when they'd made their first purchase, they gave them two stamps. So the perceived value was double. So even if they did a second test later where they actually increased the number of stamps that you required to qualify for the next one and the effect was the same, increase the return by around 30% just by giving away that single, that one extra stamp. Yes. It's such a simple thing to do. And if you were to look at probably the actual ROI that you're getting on that without it, I mean, to increase it by 30% just by doing that easily pays off 
whatever you're giving away because you're giving away more free coffees. And it's tips I know you have been providing to your clientele and to ourselves. We've been lucky enough to also benefit from that. It can make all the difference rather than, oh, yes, let's just slap a flyer together and send it out through Australia Post and see what happens. There's things that you can do to get a lot better effect. So, no, I really appreciate that. So, Daniel, let's move on to perhaps where you've seen people fail with what they've done with print or with digital and where they really could have done a lot better, probably a lot easier. Do you have any examples where you could say, tell us a story about something that you've observed clients doing, spending money and not really getting a very good return because of the way they spend the money or how they produce that asset, that collateral? Yeah, I'd talk about business cards so business cards, I think the role of a business card going back 10, maybe 15 years and where a lot of people's headspace is they think that a business card is supposed to give someone their contact details. I don't think that's really the purpose of them anymore because it's so easy to find a business person now. You just Google their business name and then you've got their address, you've got their email address, you've got their phone number. Like You don't need it, a business card for that anymore. And I've sold a lot of business cards over the years, and I can tell you with absolute confidence that the number one reason why people change their business cards and get new business cards, and it's not even close, is because something's changed. It's a new staff member, it's a new phone number, they've moved, new email address, whatever, but it's not because they've handed them all out. And so I wouldn't, I don't say get less business cards, but it's just if you're going to spend the money, on it, I would get less, but I would spend more per unit. Going back to what I was saying with the idea of business cards being not to give someone your details, but the idea being to create a conversation. So if you've ever been to a networking event and you've handed out your cards and people just take it and they say thank you and they put it in their pocket or their purse or whatever, and that's it. I think if that's what your business card is doing, then it fails. Like it's you need a new one. So my current business card that I use is made out of timber. It's profile cut. So it's an unusual shape. It's unusual material. And when I hand that to someone at a networking event, I'm talking about that business card for the next couple of minutes. And that happens consistently and with almost every person that I give it to. And for me, that's like, that's working. Like I'm actually talking to this person now. I've got an engagement I'm creating something. They're going to remember me. They're going to keep my card and then they're going to look me up and then they're going to email me. They're going to have my contact details. So I'd say think about your business cards again and think about them as something, not that you punch out. Like I used to sell them to a guy who he was really good with his cards. He always got new ones because he did hand them all out. He used to put them under cars, windscreen wipers, and he was prolific. He just went hard with it and he used it as a marketing tool and good on him, but in the 15, well, almost 20 years I've been in print, he's the only one that's ever been like that. So I'd say, yeah, spend some more on your business card, not necessarily more in total, but more per unit and get something that's higher quality. You can speak through the material. So I'm working with an architect at the moment and we started talking about his cards and initially they were 18 cent cards, but he was rebranding and I talked to him and I said, look, you're an architect, you understand materials. If you want to communicate quality, which is what he wanted to do, you've got to spend money on 
materials, like changing the font face from Arial to Avenir or to Garamond or changing it from 10-point to 11-point or putting an extra color on there, it doesn't – it has no impact. Like graphic design helps to a degree, to a certain point, but then it it doesn't. Like it's it doesn't matter. People don't care. People don't look at it. But materials, if you spend a little bit more or even a lot more and then you're more strategic about how you hand them out, they're a lot more effective tool. Like what you've got to start thinking about is asset. Like is it an asset that creates something that I can use and actually I can see a real benefit? And I've definitely found that by spending more making my own business cards like properly remarkable that people comment on them. It's gone from a tick in the box. Do you have some cards to hand out at your networking event? Yes, here they are to like, here's some cards and you're going to be talking about them all night. Yeah, fantastic story there and very relevant with the reference to assets. We like to talk about assets here for sure. And talking about business cards and assets, you're working on a big asset for your marketing and a big asset for your industry and potentially for our industry in terms of your book. So we often in the trade refer to books as big business cards or very effective business cards. And uh, I'd like you to to tell us about the book because I think uh, it's going to be something that'll be a must read for our listeners. I'm looking forward to reading that and to getting the benefit from that. So Daniel, tell us about your book. I started writing it 18 months ago, maybe two years ago, and I took the idea of what is the best print I've ever seen and what does all the best print have in common. And from that, I was able to draw out what I call the six principles of print design and ways that you can look at print that has nothing to do with graphic design, nothing to do with copywriting, but mostly with the physicality, like the tactile element of print and how you can make it more effective and just really focusing on those and that's what I try to talk about and I tried to stay at a high level where I didn't dive into like I said copywriting because I'm not a copywriter and I'm not really a graphic designer and I'm not really a marketer but I am a printer and I know what works for print and there's six elements that you can look at. And if you run through these six principles and apply them, if you can get one or two or even three of these to a point where it's exceptional, then the response that you can get, the ROI that you can get from the print element of a campaign can be a lot higher. And look, I'm going to leave us in suspense on that because I'll be asking you back onto the show closer to the time when you're about to publish your book so we can get the benefit of getting that information first out onto Pilates Business Podcast. We'll go in depth into those six principles at that stage. For the moment, I think we've done enough. I think we've covered quite a lot in a good period of time there. And it's gone very quickly because we've covered things that we are very interested in and uh, enthusiastic (laughs) about, which is always good. And that's why I love being involved with these podcast discussions because it's talking about things I'd like to talk about anyway. And I know you're the same and we've had some great discussions over the last couple of years since meeting up at a business event. And with that, I'm going to thank you very much, Daniel, for coming on the show and for sharing what you have with us today. But before we say goodbye, I'd like you to let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you. What's the easiest way? Do you have a website or email? What is the best way to get in touch with Daniel Edwards? Uh, Through my website is the best way. So that's posterboyprinting.com. 
www.ecomm.com.au is the easiest way. I'm not hugely active on social media. Excellent. We'll put that in the show notes so that everyone can get to that very easily. And until we get to have another one of these discussions, which I don't think will be that far away because I know your book's uh, very close, yeah. getting there. And, and that's fantastic. It's very inspiring for others who also feel as though that would be a good thing to do. With that, well done, Daniel, for getting so far with that book. And we look forward to talking with you again about that. But thank you very much for the time uh, and the expertise that you've given us today. Well, thank you, David. All the best. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Pilates Business Podcast. Please pay it forward for our Pilates industry by subscribing or, if already subscribed, by sharing this episode with friends now while you find out what's on next week's episode. I think it's wonderful when we have experts like Daniel that are willing to share their knowledge and experience with us in our Pilates industry. We've been trying to get to this next episode, this Pilates Business Bite, for a couple of weeks now about Pilates post-COVID, where to from now. And as it happens, at this time, there's a resurgence in COVID in Australia. So many of us are dealing with that at the same time that this episode will go out. We're aiming at having this episode out by the end of this week. Until then, do what you do best and stay awesome.